Hello and welcome to episode 84 of Yagma Soap Opera, the classic-related podcast for you, the community, the wheel in the sky. I'm Andy, a.k.a. Montolio, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Zach, a.k.a. Abstract66, and we got Josh here as well. Hey, Cronin. How are you guys this week? Good, buddy. How are you? Doing fantastic. Definitely, brother. How about yourself, Zach? Doing good, man. We're in... Uh... Week four of the league now. We got some results to uh, bring to you guys today. Some matchups for next time, and uh, good stuff all around on the show. I'm excited about it. Yeah, for sure. We got a we got a cool breakdown this week. We're going to be looking at back goods with this espresso stacks build versus Call Me Dragon and his oath. We've got the vintage view, of course. We'll be looking at a Tesserator build, and we've got a community spotlight featuring Bald Eagle this week. What have you guys been up to? Anything exciting over the last week? Josh? Well, I've drafted a little. Did an M13 draft tonight. Didn't go go particularly well, but I did open a a Johnny, so that was good. That's cool. Cool. I've been uh, been grinding hard, brother. Trying to trying to get QPs. I'm at uh, I've won seven drafts since last Wednesday, so I'm at seven on the Hoff and on Abstract. I three one to Standard Daily and three one to Legacy Daily, so I'm two there. But yeah, I'm just grinding really hard trying to win. Uh, trying to win Savannahs. I got a uh, a Thrag Tusk, a Tamio, and a Deathrite Shaman today. <laughs> Money. Oh, right on. Nothing like winning drafts and getting money while you're doing it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, so, who wants to take us in? Why don't we take a look at these round three results? All right. We're starting off with the Wolf 2 against the Crisp 1, Affinity versus Dredge, everyone's two favorite decks. And uh, we got a chance to watch this one, Andy, and Affinity... Pretty easily crushed Dredge here. Yeah, there was no contest. Uh, I actually was a little bit surprised, uh, particularly in game one when the Wolf won this one with Affinity. Uh, I can't say there's too many decks that beat Dredge on the on game one unless they mold down to two cards or one cards, and which was not the case. But yeah, pretty pretty good game. I, we're gonna have this one as a feature match, are we not, Josh? I believe so. Did he did he waste the bazaar or what? Uh, he removed his bridges with a Ravager, I think, in game one. Oh. It was a skull clamp, Josh, is what he did. Oh, with a skull clamp, yeah. It was a skull clamp on one of his little tiddlywinks. And... A Mem Knight or something. He's yeah. Sk- he skull clamped a tiddlywink. Yep. Well, I mean, how better can we describe the deck than that? No, Did no, you... totally agree. Signal pests and whatnot. Blech. Yeah, so, but, it, I mean... Pretty impressive. Congratulations to the Wolf, uh, sitting 3-0. And next up, we got myself on Metalworker Stocks, and I played Planet Walls with his uh, RIP Energy Flux, or Energy Field Combo, and I believe we actually had that match up uh, on video feature match last week, for those who haven't seen it. But uh, long story short, I was able to take this one down 2-1, to one, and yeah, it was... Uh, it was a pretty long game. I'll say that. I think it was almost 50 minutes the entire match, but uh, a lot of back and forth. And 
basically the the one game I was able to combo them out the 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 metal worker staff combo and able to grind them out uh, with some some lands in the the second game that I won. So definitely check it out. It was a good video and a pretty good match. And do you take it? Uh, do you take it too well? No, it was two to one that I took. You know, he's playing that card. I can't remember what it's called. It's that little uh, one Island. one. Uh, Mages of the Unseen? Yeah, Mages of the Unseen. And boy, is that car a beating. Like, against stacks. It just, uh, you had to be really careful what you were playing out because he could just take your creature and beat you in the face with it and ship it right back. And he was doing all sorts of crazy things. Like, I had a Trinisphere down and, you know, had him, he cheated on lands for sure in that, with that deck. And he'd steal my Trinisphere. It would come, It'd go over to him at end of turn and it come back be tapped. So once Trinisphere is tapped, it doesn't even count. He was doing all sorts of cool little plays with that card. So I think I got a little bit lucky to win it, but uh, at no point in time did I actually see the RIP energy field combo. So I, I got pretty lucky. Definitely. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so you're three and zero now. Three and zero. Sweet. Next up. Hey. We have uh, the Wild Dog on Rug Delver against Mooncon on Good Game Oath, and it was one of those uh, friendly fire battles. Uh, looks like Wild Dog took it down. Uh, I think I saw a quick synopsis from Mooncon in the forums. So um, he, I, I think he just, I know he said that he asked a bunch of clannies for advice on like some sideboarding and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just, uh, I think it was just a bad match for him. Um, that's ooh. risky. Maybe we'll give him bad advice because the wild dog's a clanny too, so we have to choose sides. Oh, I hope he didn't ask Josh because I know he was playing against Josh, and Josh wouldn't yeah. do anything but help out of Josh. But I chose Mooncon to win, didn't I? Despite Andy last time. Yeah, I was just actually going to make that point here for the listeners. Uh, for that you pay attention to this sort of thing, I just want you to know that there are certain people that have more skill in calling matches than other people on this podcast, and I called the Wild Dog to win, and the other two guys called Mooncon, so, yeah, I'll say more. He got one right, case closed, just much more scale. <laughs> Boom. He's, he's one for 14. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, Call Me Dragon on Oath. Well, Call One Me One Dragon on Oath against the Maniac on Green, White, Black, Hate. And it looks like, surprisingly, Oath took this one down. I think this is another one that we kind of all called that uh, Hate would have a good matchup on, right? Yeah, because yeah. there's not a lot of show-and-tells in Colonial 1, you know, whatever his deck is there. He's just pretty much Oaths. Oh. Yeah. Maniac's deck is actually titrated to be able to beat Oath better than your typical, like what Durnoff and I were playing, Green, White, Black, Hate. Like, he has those, one uh, of those things, those Leonins in there, as well as the Pride Mages. and Yeah, Relic Orders, Pride Mages, Katakis. Yeah, it's... Uh, That's a lot. But, you said that, if you get the, an oath, an early oath down against the creature deck, I mean, if you don't have the right stuff, you're you're just cooked, so... Yeah, congratulations to call one me one dragon. So, up next, we've got Philip J. Fry on land still against Ilskin on Shoth. And Shoth managed to win that one, which I probably wouldn't have picked that either. Nope, neither, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't remember who I picked. I probably picked Shoth because it says Shoth, to be honest. Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> so, uh, another case is proven I'm just better at picks than everyone else. Yep. Absolutely. And Shoth always wins. Exactly. Don't ever bet against Shoth. There you go. And next up, we've got First Alpha on his Helmite build versus Nosferatu stuff on his Slaver stacks. And First Alpha was able to win that one. Yeah, Fist Alpha is definitely looking good. He's running the uh, Welder deck with all the tricks in it. And the other guy, I think, also has a Welder. So it's uh, I'm sure that was an interesting battle. Yeah, do any of these guys actually run things like Leyline of the Void in the sideboard? I don't know. That, that would go a real long way if you're taking away points graveyard strategy. Well, uh... Relic of Progenitus. Stop. Interesting. There's a pithing needle in Fist Alpha's board, which could be pretty good. Yeah. If you're setting it on Goblin Welder when you run them, but yeah. Well, you can set it on Mindslaver. So, who's this next? Uh, who's this next pairing, Zach? Next up is me and Kaunos, and it's another example of clan-on-clan uh, on clan violence. And uh, I'm running blue, or I'm running uh, flashing rectum, of course, and he's running uh, blue-green gush, which is Lotus Cobra is really kind of like the key cog in that machine for him. Um, he definitely had a good chance coming in just because he's running the Force of Wills and the um, Spell Pierces, but I just don't think it was enough just because of all the threats that I think we present, so I took it down. Um, I took it on 2-1, but the funny story was uh, Game 2, I totally had it. I had the win in my hand. I had a Jace resolved on the table, and in my hand, I had uh, an Emrakul, a Mystical Tutor, and two lotus petals. And I had a jace out. And what did I do? I jaced before I did anything else. So I could have just gotten a channel, jaced, played channel, pedal, pedal, and won. But I didn't. And what happened? I got um, to play against Vault, Vault Key next turn, and I lost. It was really, really bad. I got almost tilted right there because it was just embarrassingly bad. But then um, took game three, so not the worst. Nice. Very nice, buddy. You've been eager with your Jace. Your Jace is your Achilles heel in this. Yeah, you you had trouble with the last round, didn't you? Didn't you do something with your Jace? Or round one, you got a bolted or whatever. So who's up here next, Josh? So up next, we've got... Doza Theog against Blue Diamonds. And Doza's on Bug Delver, and Blue Diamonds is on Good Game Oath, and Bug Delver managed to take that one. No, is that Bug Delver, actually? Doza Thog's deck must have abrupt decays in it. I think he does. Um, yeah, it's three main. Two duresses. He's got a pretty good pretty good shot in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, against Oath, a good game Oath build, just really 
card to beat. So congratulations to Doza. And next up, we've got Caliban17, who's playing Affinity, and he was up against Backguts, who is playing an Espresso Stacks build with Smoke Stacks, and Backguts was able to win that. Is that a surprise to you guys? Like, I don't know. Stacks have been doing well against Affinity in this tournament so far. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. been different than the norm, I think. Well, with the exception of the Wolf. The Wolf was kind of ticking right along here, but um, I, I know that I was able to get past Caliban with Affinity with my traditional stacks build as well, so... Yeah, he's but run I, into... I mean, to be fair, Caliban's run into probably the top two stacks players in Classic right now. You and Backed Goods, I would say, both know it better than most. Much appreciated, but Affinity's one of those decks that doesn't, uh, w with all due respect to the pilots that play it, it's one of those decks that just doesn't take a whole lot of skill level to play. I mean, there's definitely nuances for sure in the deck, but it just kind of belches it out for the most part, and it wins. So, I, I don't know, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I think Backguns maybe had a better chance than I would with the, the Smokestacks, kind of whittling away at the, the opponent's resources, but yeah, I agree. So, congratulations to Backguts. Definitely. That brings us to my match, and uh, not much to say. Duranoth just conceded to me. He's dropping from the event because he's got other commitments he has to work around right now. I did get a chance to play against him. Uh, in this matchup at one point, and he crushed me, so I'm glad. <laughs> Seems good. Yeah. It's, it's the, because you're playing flashing, really intimidates opponents. Yeah, no. I, mean, I hope everyone concedes from now on. <laughs> yeah, well, if you happen to bump into me, buddy, rest assured that won't happen. Doesn't sound like Naoto's going to my next opponent, so too bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Next up, okay. we had uh, Nekarjunja on Forge <laughs> on Forge Master Stacks against W. D. Grant, who was running Dredge. And uh, Forge Master Stacks looks like he took it. I think Grant was the newer one of the newer players in the tournament, and uh, might have had something to do with it. I didn't watch the match. Did you guys see it? No, I didn't see this one. I haven't seen either of these guys before this event, so it's cool that they both have pretty good decks. So, yeah, yeah. And I can tell you, Stacks actually has a reasonable matchup against Dredge. If you can get any level of spheres down against them, it kind of shuts off a lot of what their deck does with Cabal therapies and um, uh, their reanimation spells and their removal, because they're obviously cheat on lands. So, if you get a good hand, it can be it can be enough. And, and W.D. Grant is also not running a, the premier type of dredge deck. He's, I think he's missing some important spells like Undiscovered Paradise and that sort of thing. So not a big surprise for me is what I'm saying. Oh, my. He's got four Undiscovered Paradises. Oh, does he? <laughs> so that seems like as many as he could possibly have. Okay. This is, he's, he's definitely not He's playing a budget, budget version, though. In what way? 
Yeah, fair enough. Okay. It's not coming from, but so uh, after that, we've got Bald Eagle on his rip combo <laughs> against Gaines Banding on Affinity, and Gaines Banding took that one down, which is a bit surprising. That agreed. That rest in peace combo deck has good game against Affinity. Uh, we actually have this one as a feature match this week. That's one of our matches, so check it out. I agree with you, though, Josh. I, going into this one, very surprised that Gaines Banning was able to win it. And, uh, that was a crazy... Was it Game 3 that Gaines Banning won? Yes, it was. And he was actually under... I, I don't recall completely, but I think he was actually under an energy field, solely an energy field. Yeah. He somehow get out of that... You know, he got a wasteland or something like that, was able to negate the combo and kind of just grind him out slowly but surely. But it was Yeah, there was an energy field and an energy flux down both, I think. Yeah. Regardless, uh, well done, Gaines Banding. And for those uh, who aren't familiar, Gaines Banding's actually been posting articles on this league through on MTGO Traders, so he his matches have been up there, so check him out. And next up, we've got Naoto on his Tizerator build versus Livin on his four-colored Delver. Naoto was able to win that. The four-colored Delver. Four-colored Delver. We do not call it three. We call it four. Next up, we have Thormy. Thorm on red-blue Sniper against Fishy Fellow on Shoaf. Surprisingly, Sniper took this down. I don't. I definitely would have picked Shoth coming in. What would, you, what, would you, what would you guys pick? Do you remember? Shoth always wins, man. Could be a typo. I think it is. I would have took Shoth on this one as well, but this deck is uh, is one of those surprise decks. The Gutter Snipe is king. Never seen it in Classic before, and it seems to be causing some havoc. It can do a lot of damage quick with those Gataxian probes and stuff. His deck is just all spells, so he's he's got a strong control element as well. Somebody needs to make a pure red blue, like all free spell deck with only this guy and who's the blue guy that the wild dog's playing? Oh, um Alrand? Yeah. <laughs> oh guy. And just be like just be like Gataxian probe, ponder, brainstorm, uh what's the red one damage gut shot? Uh all kinds of free stuff, dude. You could just, like, cycle your deck. Make ten uh, drakes and hit you for twenty as well. Ah, Josh. What, are you saying I should do it? No, I'm just thinking that was really good math. You said ten drakes hit for twenty. Impressive. Well, he would do the damage from the gutter snipe and the towel ram. Thank you. I get it. Next up, we got Curabo, and we've got him on an Infect, and he's playing Bizarre Baghdad on his Helmline list, and Bizarre Baghdad was able to win that. I'm, I'm curious, is Curabo actually playing these events? I don't know, man. I hope not. I'm just surprised that the Infect deck isn't doing a little bit better than it is. It's, uh... Well, it's... It's a combo deck, isn't it? Oh, it totally is, yeah. It's not traditional, in fact. I don't know. I mean, I could see him losing the combo here, for sure, but... I just, you know, 
know, Kirbo's typically a very solid player, and seems like he's not doing too well in this tournament at all with this Infect deck, and it surprises me a little bit. So, last up is just a draw between Uvatha and Galliant. Ooh, okay. Well, there's a point for Galliant. Yep. So, that'll bring us into our feature match of the week. Yep. Which is Backed Goods against Call Me Dragon. Stacks against Oath. Two pillars of the format. Pretty tight. So what do you think here, Andy? Give us the stacks perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Backwoods has a pretty good matchup here. As much as stacks can have against Oath, I mean, he's not a big creature build, okay, which kind of negates the two-card combo somewhat, meaning that Call Me Dragon has to get the Forbidden Orchard and he has to get the Oath to have really good game against him. Uh, if Backwoods can resolve a smokestack and get him something like a crucible on the table, uh, I think he's going to mop this up. Said that both has got a lot of control elements to it. Everyone gives the edge to Oath on this one, but it's 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 pretty tight. Well, I was going to say he has a really good chance because I was looking at the list for a second and it says zero creatures for Oath. Yeah, well, that's the case. He's got a, he, he is going to win. But no, yeah. no, he has two Grizzlebrand right I there. I know, there. but it... Obviously, yeah. Threw me off for a second. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Backwoods also has Grafdigger's Cage in the board, but I don't think he has a horrible game one matchup either. He can lock him out. So Oh, he does. And certainly better than what I would have against Oath with my, my Metal Worker build game one. So let me ask you this. And, and tell me tell me if I'm if I'm thinking about this right. My ideal turn one play, whatever I kept, would have to either be a sphere effect or a turn one chalice. Is that pretty much what you have to have in your hand in this matchup? Yep. I mean, that's the whole goal of what this game is, right? I mean, you're trying to you're trying to bury them under spheres solely. That's what you want to do is you want to bury them under spheres and you want to remove their lands. And if you can do that, you're gonna you're gonna win the game. I agree with you 100. I mean, Chalice is such a boss card in this matchup. If you can set a Chalice at one and two, all you've got to deal with basically is abrupt uh, decay. Yep, abrupt decay is good. He's only got a one up. But I mean, he's got to get one up basically over. You know, if you got a chalice set at one, how's he going to find it? Well, it's pretty random. Dragon's deck definitely looks like a more of a vintage style deck. Look at all the one ofs in that. Yeah, how cards like mana drains and and Oath of druids not very often. No. Memory's journey is interesting. Yeah. That goes back to the old Gaius Creative builds uh, of Oath. You know, it's a... Blessing, right? A gaze blessing, excuse me, yeah. Yeah. But I can say this, I mean, I've... You know, if if I needed to pick a winner in this match, I, obviously, I, you know, I know back guns far better than I know call one me one dragon, and I do like his build of stacks, and I, I would give the edge to, to back guns on this one. But that might just be... Uh, 
me cheering for Clanny here and being a stock. What do you guys think? I'm going to agree. I think Bat Goods can win this one. Yeah. I don't know. I think Bat Goods can win, but it just takes one oath. And the big thing about this guy's deck is he is running four Lotus Petal. I think whoever wins the coin flip is going to win this match. Oh, great. Now we have to verify who wins the coin flip. No, it's a rebuttal match, Josh, or Zach. Like a result, you know, let's say he gets a turn one ult of Druids down. Mm-hmm. And what all of a sudden, you know, he goes all in and he's got the combo and he's got a watered down hand as they quite often do when they're trying to go for the turn one combo. Mm-hmm. Not so often everybody has the nuts. What happens if he plays a turn one smokestack? Turn two smokestack. Then he better have an orchard. Yes. Yeah, he does need an orchard against this version of stacks. I mean, it's not like this guy's not running any creatures. Backguards is running twelve. That's you know, obviously four of them can just be spheres, but it's not like you're not going to play a lodestone unless you like literally have to. I think is where he's he's coming from. Yeah, he's got four factors in his deck, though, right? I mean, uh, the way you play this type of a matchup, in my opinion, anyway, is you sign up as many creatures as you can. Now you're going to keep your metamorphs. You're going to keep your lodestones. Karn is debatable. He's going to get rid of his Revokers here, and he's basically going to play like a standstill deck. He's going to bring in his four Graft Diggers cages, maybe a couple Sculpting Steeds. That's it. Some Ratchet Bombs, and he's just going to try and work those factories, get them under spheres, mess with his land, and, and that's how he's going to win. And if Call nuts, there's nothing back to be able to do with it. It's, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a I think Backwards is a reasonable match here. He just has to play it still style. Yeah. Well, very cool, very cool. Good, insightful analysis from our resident stacks expert. Um, next up, we're going to look at the Vintage View. And this week, we decided on Tesserator from Antony Sanchez. Yeah. There must have been a character in there that was weird that it got messed up, but I'm pretty sure it's Sanchez. Okay. Yeah, and he's uh, he's running Tesserator, and this is... I was just commenting or, or remarking to the guys right before the show started, this is this is cool. This is what we're going to get to play with someday soon. Look at all the singletons. I mean, it's kind of like what the other deck was trying to do just now, but like the real deal. It's got... It literally looks to have more than 20 singletons. So, uh... Isn't it, it's so cool to see all these singletons. I mean, it just gets me excited to have the thought of being able to play all these different cards. Like, When's the last time we saw something like uh, a Noxious Revival or like such nice cards? Don't see play too often. Yeah. You know know what my favorite thing has been about all these decks that we've looked at? Hmm. Only 16 lands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes Wastelands so much worse to have five Moxen in your deck. Yeah. Totally. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm just a fan of uh, Tesseret type decks. They're so much fun to play. Like, if you can ever resolve a, t- a Tesseret, that equivalents good game. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like looking at the, the win conditions here, and it looks like he's rocking the two different kinds of Planeswalkers. Obviously, the Tesseret, the best thing it can do usually is find the Time Vault. Um, For sure. Jace the Mind Sculptor, of course, can win games by himself, as can Blightsteel off the Tinker. Um, 
He also has Yogg Will, so I mean he can combo off pretty darn hard between like uh the noxious revivals and stuff like that. He can reuse the cards that get popped in his graveyard. Uh it's it's really kinda like the total package, but I think his primary win condition is gonna be Tezzeret the Seeker. Hence the name. Yeah. He can put together a gifts package, it's good, and he's got a lot of artifact mana. Yeah. With the gifts package, uh that's the noxious revival and where that comes into play. Yeah. Put together Noxious Revival, Yogg Will, Time Vault, and Voltaiki, I guess. Yep, that definitely works. He could do the same thing with uh, Demonic Tutor, or um, I mean, there's a lot of different directions this guy can go. So, definitely cool. And it's you know, if he resolves that gifts, like you're saying, that's that's good game. That's why there's only one in Vintage, right? Yep. And as you know, it's in the side. He's also got the transformational sideboard, much like four of the druids and three forbidden orchards in the sideboard. He seems to have very little fear of dredge. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. That's why dredge every once in a while pops up in vintage and just crushes a tournament because people yep. are mad. Yeah, really, yep. and, and it looks like this guy really relies on mana drain a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he's got a pretty interesting deck here, and I think this was a fairly large tournament. I think I found this in a fifty-player tournament or so. So, and how did he do? Do you recall? Uh, he was like fourth. So pretty good. Uh, cool. Gotta love yourself some Tesserator. Definitely. Well. Who we got on the community spotlight this week, guys? So today we've got Bald Eagle 247. Very nice. Where this guy lives. Where's he from? His name is Peter, and he lives in sunny Florida. Ah, the Sunshine State. Gotta love the oranges from there. How did you become interested in Classic in the first place, Josh? He started playing at the beginning of MTGO and quit sometime after Time Spiral. And when he came back, all his favorite cards couldn't be played anymore, so he switched to Casual Classic and slowly progressed towards tournament decks. Right on. And if he could play any Classic deck, what would it be? Uh, He says it's a tough question. He really likes his Rest in Peace Energy Field combo deck. Um, but he's had that for a while, so he's been working on a blue-red-black control deck with some new tricks that he wants to play in a DE, if we can get one to fire. And uh, he's also got a unique Oath build that he's been working on that he thinks is better than the Shoth builds people are running, so we may see that. And uh, whatever his newest idea is, he... I, he he thinks it'll be tournament worthy, and he thinks Flashing Rectum looks like an interesting deck to play. I concur, and uh, I just wanted to get it out. I think it's slander that his old build is better than the Shoth build. Let us see. Well, we've already determined that Shoth always wins on the podcast today, so... <laughs> no bias here, folks. So, what is this guy's favorite MTGO accomplishment, and whether it relates to tournament play, deck innovation, or community involvement, Josh? Uh, placing in the last DE with his Rest in Peace combo deck. 
said good results in testing are nice, but it's great to prove your idea in attorney setting. I concur with that as well. Yeah. I would agree. Got to put it in the money. So, be sure to check out the feature matches in the article. Hopefully we'll have, what do you think, Andy, like four or five of those in this one? Yeah, I know we have four for sure. Impossible. Uh, You're right. And we got some really good ones this week, guys, so make sure you check them out. And, uh, you know, you focus in on our feature match from last week, which was the Wild Dog and MoonCon. Really epic match. And uh, please feel free to leave any comments at the end and let us know what you think. And also, this article should come out on Thursday like normal, so um uh, sounds like people are going to try and get together for a DE Thursday night, so if you want to play some classic, join on in. Yeah, definitely. And we'll meet the cues, guys. Bring your Survival of the Fittest deck. Definitely. Well, see you guys next week. Yep. Yes, thank you to MTGO Traders and Pure MTGO. Definitely. See you guys. Bye. Take care.